passed away, and she wanted to remember her mom with something special, and so she tried to uh, go around to some of the, the neighboring businesses and get their attention to say, hey, let's do something to, in memory of mom or to honor mom, and let's make sure it's celebrated in church. And so she did all this work and campaigning, and, and, and officially over after some time, by uh, 1914, she caught the ear of the president, Woodrow Wilson, and he agreed to make it uh, a part of our national holidays. And so it was a, a big achievement. This gal, Anna Jarvis, who lost her mom, she is unmarried, childless, and celebrating Mother's Day and is the champion for Mother's Day. And uh, she, she honored it and supported it for years until uh, not about 1920, a little after 1920, all of a sudden she recognized the commercialism that was attached to the holiday, that everybody was out to make a dollar, buy my flowers, no, go bigger. You'll make your mom a little bit happier. Why don't you buy her something a little bit fancier? And eventually it just became about hurry up and buy mom something rather than the, the, you know, the truly honoring and loving and, and doing whatever else mom needs of, for support. And so she began to get disgusted with the holiday, and she decided, I'm going to rally against the holiday. She completely changed her posture, and that is, as a matter of fact, she spent her life savings, all of her wealth, trying to, trying to get rid of Mother's Day. She died doing that in, in that time. Uh, passed away in 1948. What do moms really need? What do they really, really want? How can we be a blessing to them? And how do we give uh, a gal uh, the true appreciation and the honor that she that she deserves? I uh, I have been privileged to, well, I don't know how I'd say that. I've been privileged to witness the birth of three children. And I want to say, God bless you, mothers. Thank you. Uh, I've, uh, but I've also, you know, just watched uh, just so many uh, gals and, that have just supported me and prayed for me. One of my prayer warriors in my life uh, has never had any children and has mothered me in so many uh, ways. I can't even begin to tell you. We are, I'm, I've been so blessed by so many different ladies. And even my own little seven-year-old daughter teaches me uh, some good common sense and mothers me along the way. It is, it is a, an instinctual gift from God that he's placed in the heart of our ladies, and I am so grateful for all that, uh, that you've done. And um, I know, I recognize that Mother's Day is kind of a minefield of, of difficulties. A lot of pastors don't want to preach on Mother's Day because of the weight of what it is that some moms are up against, the difficulties, or even the experience and loss. Um, our own personal story this, this week is Lori and I were beginning to make plans for the, this weekend. Lori's birthday is today, and it's Mother's Day, so it's like a double whammy to get me. And I thought, what a great idea. How about you go over to Bremerton and visit your mom? And, you know, I, I, I don't know how, I, how, to, how to bless her enough. But we began talking about um, all the ways that her mom has been such a blessing to her. Lori's mom is currently dealing with Alzheimer's. And she is a young 60-something, and she uh, has been battling this out. And we've watched this go on for a few years and watched the fogginess creep in. And um, we were talking about the way that my mom has prayed for me and different things. And I'll read something from my mom in just a moment here. But for her to hear that, for her to hear the blessing was hugely, I mean, I, I, didn't, I didn't grasp it until I, I saw it and the weight of it. And I re, we were thinking about... Uh, this is a special Mother's Day. We might not be, get clearer and clearer as we go on. And the reality of it is so 
heavy, what do we do with that? What do we do if we've got mom for just a short amount of time? What do we do if we're just going through a really, really tough season and it is so incredibly weighty? And the thing that I want to do today is to pray for you because there is no sermon that's a fix-all except for the fact that Jesus is, is the peace giver. He's the life giver. And sometimes that's all we can do is to say, though you're grieving, God knows right where you are. He knows right where you are and he knows exactly how to help you. He knows how to minister to your heart. And especially to the mom who's just absolutely weary. You've just been jumping through hoops for so long. You're just so tired and burnt out. Jesus is there, and he's with you. And your church stands with you, and we hold your hand, and we just say, stay the course. Stay the course. We're praying for you. We want to hold you up. And so we know we wanted to do a couple of things, and that is to pray with you. And we're going to do that at the end of the service. And so I'm giving you fair warning, so that way I'll, I'll ask all ladies to come up, even little girls, because I want my daughter to grow up to be a godly mother and a wife and all that, and we want to pray for them here and now. We want, to, we want that to happen. So I'm telling you now so that the very end of the service is not an absolute shocker. We want to also give you a flower and a chocolate, but I realize that doesn't communicate the love and affection we have for you as a church and the way that your Heavenly Father is proud. But it's a gesture to just say thank you. Uh, as I was kind of just going over all, making kind of the mental list of all the things that moms have gone through, I started looking past the last seven years with my own kids and recognizing all of the little gifts our children give us and all the difficulties and all the uh, obstacles. And I think about all of the diapers that we've bought. I mean, boxes and boxes and boxes, or even, God bless those people who uh, do, don't do, uh, help me. They do cloth diapers. God bless you. Hey. Well, I think of uh, my cars are constantly covered in goldfish crackers. Smashed up, ground into the seats. We've had crackers in the DVD player. I've had, uh, we've just had so much stuff. It's just the little gifts our kids give us all the time. I think about my poor pillow, who once was beautiful and clean and white, and after children have slept alongside me, and I, was, I promise it's not my drool. We've lost the pillowcase. Kids have slept upside down, crossways across my face. And my poor blankie has just been ripped to pieces because it's been drugged around the concrete uh, in front of the house. The little things that our kids give us. One of my favorite ones, a few years ago, Connor was two years old at the time, and he got, my, my sister bought him this uh, little John Deere dump truck thing. Connor was small, and he would just ride on this thing with just his diaper, and I would try to monitor to make sure that he's not crashing into the walls. I thought that was the worst of the dangers. What I didn't know is sitting on here with a diaper, his rear behind sits right there. Have you ever heard of a blowout? Is that, you ever heard of a blowout? So, I mean, if you could get the image, it happens. Accident, 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 accident. And it, and it finds its way to the carpet. Some of you are laughing. You might have something similar like that happened to you. Our kids have given us great, great gifts, some of them extremely difficult. Is there any mom who would just say, man, I'm tired? Yeah, oof, it's so hard. But I'm going to tell you something. I, as, I, as I've been getting older and my kids are going through different things, I call my mom more now and I tell her sorry for all the things. And I just, I just want to recognize, oh, man, thank you, mom, for doing this. Thank you for doing that. I didn't realize how hard that was. I didn't realize how 
difficult it is to sit by your kid's bed after you've worked so hard all day and to, to pray and to read the Bible story at the very end. It's, some of it's very, very difficult. Um, but it's an absolute blessing from God. I, I think parenting is the coolest. I absolutely love it. And I think back at, uh, you know, not just the diapers and the crackers and the blankies and all that kind of stuff. I'm thinking about the time I've, I was blessed to have my mom pray alongside me and teach me about the Lord Jesus and to teach me that he loves me and to teach me that he demands that I follow him. And it's very, very important to practice obedience. And she was very, very hard to, to, to hold the line there. And I'm so grateful for a mom that, that told me the truth, that told me the truth. And so uh, I, I last week I called my mom. I said, Mom, I want you to generate a prayer. Just give me like a paragraph long prayer of what you prayed for my sisters and I through the last 35 years. And she said, I can do that. I didn't tell her what I was going to use it for. So don't. So. Um, but she, she made a prayer, and it's a little more longer than I thought, but I, I think it gets right in line with a mother's heart, with a nurturer's heart. And so if you can listen to that, and maybe it, maybe it's, it, it would resemble your prayer for your kids, your grandkids, uh, you'll understand. Father God, thank you for these children you've given me, a blessing beyond measure. I'm so grateful that you have entrusted them to me. You are the Father God, the perfect parent. You are all-knowing. Help me to be wise as a parent, making choices that encourage their spiritual well-being. I will cling to you daily as I strive to ensure they grow up in the wisdom and knowledge of you. And I want only that they grow to be faithful to you. Thank you for the prayer, the power of your word. You promise if I train up my children in your ways, they will not turn their backs on you. Let me be diligent in their upbringing as I guide them toward you. I want to hide your word in their hearts so they will not sin against you. Teach me ways to instill your word. Let me make the most of any opportunity to give you glory. I pray that, um, that they learn to rely on your word for strength, comfort, counsel, and power. Thank you for the way you love. I want to show them that kind of love, the kind that never fails. My heart is so full of the love and joy they bring into my life. I pray as they grow, they will understand that it only comes from you and that they will grow to love and trust you. As deeply. Does that sound familiar to some of your mom's prayers? Thank you for your protection. Uh, give me a watchful eye that I can keep them safe from harm. Guard them from those who want to plan to hurt them. Guard them from the enemy and other forces that try to get strongholds over their life. How many of you prayed that? Remind them that they are, that you are the great protector, that they never fight alone. Help them to be strong and independent. Give them discernment to recognize right from wrong and the courage to take a stand. Thank you for your faithfulness. You are always with me and my family, and I love you for that. Help me to be faithful to you. I want my children to see how important uh, keeping close to you is. I want them to experience servanthood, making themselves useful to you. There are many blessings in serving others, and I don't want them to miss that. Help me make opportunities for them to be in your service. The last part, Lord, I want my kids to put you first. I want my kids to love and obey Jesus. I want them to commit to a Christian lifestyle. I want them to be kind to others. I want them to be loving and helpful. And I want them to live within a 10-mile radius of me. Amen. I said, sorry, Mom, no can do. He's about a 20-hour drive. Thank you, God, for moms that have prayed for us. 
and for those who aren't even our moms but have mothered us all along the way who have spiritually held the line for us when we didn't know what to pray or know what to do. There's an excellent uh, biblical account of a mom. She's unnamed. It's from Matthew uh, chapter 15, and we might have it on the screen. Do we, are we lucky enough? We didn't have it in first service. It was brutal, but you guys are blessed. Somebody here is praying. Okay, Matthew chapter 15. Jesus went away from there and withdrew into the district of Tyre and Sidon. He was in Galilee, and he was probably looking for some rest. He had just finished feeding the 5,000, and right on the heels after this event that we're going to read, he feeds another 4,000 people. You look at it in the scriptures, Jesus is working. He's traveling. He's healing, ministering to hundreds of people, and they're coming just to grab a hold of his cloak. So he journeys to this place that's out of the way, hopefully to get some rest, a little time with his disciples. And so he journeys way out, kind of out uh, northwest of where Galilee is. And it says this, And a Canaanite woman from that region came out and began to cry out, saying, Have mercy on me, Lord. Son of David, my daughter is cruelly demon-possessed. A Canaanite, there aren't any Canaanite nations at the time, but we know that it's probably, we're talking about her religious practices or some way to identify her in that way. And it says that the woman came from that region, but she was yelling out. She's right on the guy's heels, and Jesus is walking along with his disciples. Can you see it in your mind's eye? And she says, have mercy on me, and she identifies him how? Lord, is that just like, hey, you? No, we're talking about she recognizes some amount of authority, right? She's probably heard of a lot of great things that Jesus has done, but she is desperate. She's trying to yell and get his attention and and identifying him as somebody holy or anointed. And then it says, son of David, which also makes it more specific. He's of who now? The Jewish people. And she's identifying, hey, guy of another religion or another culture, I recognize you as somebody who is important and holy. And set apart, Lord, son of David, my daughter is cruelly, and they add that word for emphasis, demon-possessed. We don't know exactly what, how that manifested itself. We don't know if, in what way she may be mute or really, really sick or what was happening there. But she's saying cruelly. So can you imagine the effect on a mom? You're probably trying to pr- provide for your family, do all these other things. And when you come home, your daughter is absolutely beside herself, demon-possessed. Can you imagine the weight of that? And every day and every day and every day it's probably been going on. She might have even tried other solutions. Go to this witch doctor. Go to these other religious practices and people are doing things and nobody's able to help this girl. And so the mom's desperate. She's not traveling on her own now. It says she is uh, cruelly demon-possessed. But he did not answer her a word. Jesus didn't even, didn't even respond. Okay? And his disciples came. And implored him, saying, send her away, because she keeps shouting at us. She's right on her heels behind us, yelling at us. But he answered and said, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. But she came and began to bow down and worship before him, saying, Lord, help me. Is she desperate? Can you sense it? Can you see it in your mind's eye? A a mother who is absolutely desperate. And he answered and said, It is not good or proper to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. But she said, Yes, Lord, but even the dogs feed on the crumbs which fall from their master's table. Then Jesus said to her, Woman, your faith is great. Four words that you want to hear, right? Your faith is great. It shall be done for you as you wish. And her daughter was healed at once. Within that hour, that moment, boom, Jesus had healed her. 
and the daughter's not on site, so he overcomes distance. No, no big deal, no problem. Our Lord is that is that powerful on that throne. The, the the dialogue between the two is really hard to grasp. I think every time I've read it, I've gone like, Jesus is calling this lady a dog? What's the deal? He's not giving her the time of day, but when you look at the relationship here, what do we know to be true about Jesus? We have to kind of enter into this scripture knowing who Jesus is. What's his character? He is loving. He's compassionate. He's so generous. What else do we know? He came into this world to, to deal with what? Sin. He has a heart of compassion. He has a heart for us. And so when you recognize who Jesus is, you can kind of almost see him there walking with his disciples, and this lady is shouting right on his heels, and it's almost like he's waiting around for a critical moment, for a critical piece of the conversation. Sometimes God waits on us to soften up, doesn't he? Or to get humble. Or God's waiting on us to, to, to respond in obedience before he gives you exactly what you're asking for in response. But listen, it says, it's not good or proper to take the children's bread. We're talking about the gift to the, and his ministry to the uh, people of Israel, the Jewish people. It's not proper to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. The dogs is a word and a term that they would use for the Gentiles. And so he is even identifying her as what she's probably been called multiple times already. And he's waiting, and he's waiting, and all of a sudden he responds, or she says, yes, Lord, but even the, the dogs feed on the crumbs which fall from their masters. What is she, what's her posture? What's her spiritual posture at that point? Desperation and extreme humility. But who does she have faith in? Who does she have hope in? She has hope in the one, right, who's, who's able to deal with this. And that's the name of Jesus. That is the Jesus, Jesus, the person. And our God, who is holy, who deals with it. And she responds back in humility. And Jesus said, O woman, your faith is great. It shall be done for you as you wish. And her daughter was healed at once. She overcame obstacles just like moms do all the time for their kids, fighting for their kids. She overcame the gender obstacle for her to be received in and to be welcomed into this conversation. She, the cultural differences, the fact that she's a Gentile or not Jewish, her social status, her problems, her, the disciples telling her, nah, get lost. And she keeps fighting. She keeps fighting. She's persistent. She's probably been journeying for some amount of time, but the big one she overcomes is her pride, coming and crying out, of Jesus. I'm so grateful for moms that have loved and that had faith and hope, and humility, persistence, compassion, and have fought for their families desperately. It's a powerful, powerful love. And we want all of our moms, we want our sisters, our daughters, wives, grandmothers, aunties, we want all of them to understand a deep, meaningful relationship with their Heavenly Father where their faith is pointed right at Him and none other. Trusting Him, worshiping Him, and calling everybody else to look to the healer, look to the helper, and overcoming any and all obstacles. There's a really great uh, chunk of Scripture from Proverbs 31, and I, I'm sure it's familiar to a lot of ladies in, in here. But this uh, Scripture is, says it's written from, from a king, Lemuel, or whatever his name is, and he writes it to, to his, like a, like a son. And he's given him all this wisdom throughout the entirety of the book of Proverbs, uh, shared with Solomon and that sort of thing. But it's wisdom. And the last chapter of the book of Proverbs 
is geared towards a godly woman. It's like as if the crescendo of, his, of the, the scriptures for us in Proverbs is pointing towards this is what you look for. But the cool thing is, is this, this wisdom was handed down from grandma, handed down to grandma, to this king who hands it down to his son, and he's saying, now watch close. What does it mean to make a godly woman? What is a godly woman? Now follow along here. Verse 10, a wife of noble character who can find. She is worth far more than rubies. She is of great value. Her husband has full confidence in her and lacks nothing of value. He trusts her, right? She's a woman of trust. Remember, this is, who is this wisdom from? A woman. Okay? So this is, that's an important part of the piece here. She brings him good, not harm, all the days of her life. So that means she's positive and good. She selects wool and flax and works with eager hands. She's a hard worker. She is like the merchant ships, bringing her food from afar. She gets up while it's still night. She provides food for her family. She's ambitious. And portions for her female servants. She is a servant. She even serves her servants. She considers a field and buys it. Out of her earnings, she plants a vineyard. She sets about her work vigorously. Her arms are strong for her tasks. She sees that her trading is profitable, and her lamp does not go out at night. She's planned and prepared. In her hand, she holds the die staff and grasps the spindle with her fingers. So she's working, weaving, making clothes for her family. She opens her arms to the poor and extends her hands to the needy. So she's compassionate. When it snows, she has no fear for her household, for all of them are clothed in scarlet, and she makes coverings for her bed. She is clothed in fine linen and purple. Her husband is respected at the city gate where he takes his seat among the elders of the land. She honors her husband. I got a detour just for one second. I remember asking my dad, when we were talking about getting married, how do you know that she's the right one, dad? And my dad says, well, I, he says, the most important thing is to find a woman that honors you. And I was like, honors you that come on I mean like I guess I didn't really understand the fullness of what honor meant he said you find a woman that makes you look better than you are and I he said we're already praying for her so that she she has no choice but that what a, what a gift her husband is respected at the city gate where he takes his seat among the elders of the land she makes linen garments and sells them and supplies the merchants with sashes. She is clothed with strength and dignity. She can laugh at the days to come. She speaks with wisdom and faithful instruction is on her tongue. She's a good counselor. She watches over the affairs of her household. She does not eat the bread of idleness. She's not lazy or unmotivated. Her children arise and call her blessed. Her husband also, and he praises her. Many women do noble things, but you surpass them all. Charm is deceptive and beauty is fleeting, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. That's the underlining part right there. But a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Honor her for all that her hands have done and let her work bring praise at the city gate. I, I, uh, I was visiting with somebody about this scripture and, and we were talking about this list of all these expectations of She's of great value, she's trustworthy, she's positive, she works hard, she's a servant, she's compassionate, she's a great counselor, she's all that. And, she, and the gal said, who can match this list? Who can, who, can, who can live up to all these? And I was like, uh, I mean, 
but, but, the calling, but the calling is, is that it, we are righteous, we are good, we are trustworthy. All of that comes into our hearts and into our life because of who? Because of the Lord Jesus in our life, him transforming and changing. And I'm not putting out this list of, oh, moms, this is it. Otherwise, we're talking about a God who works in our lives and cha- changes and transforms our hearts and calls us to the task he has and gives us the motivation, gives us the energy, gives us the strength. He's the one that holds us up. He's the one that also humbles us. He's the one that carries us when, we're, when we have no energy or no nothing left. We serve a God that is committed to working in the hearts and lives of our people and in mothers. And we want to praise and honor our moms who have yielded and have opened up their heart to the Lord Jesus and say, He is the Lord of my life. And I'm going to lead my rest of my family as best as I possibly can in faithfulness to him and to his calling. And so what we're going to do now is we want to spend some time in prayer for you. And uh, if I can get all ladies, all ladies. I know this is a stretch because Chad would never do this. But listen, I, 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 I want to, I believe that God answers prayers. And I, I know that affirming people and calling them to the altar to pray and to petition the Lord is a good, it's a good thing. And I'm not going to be the prayer, prayer warrior for you. Janine is going to pray for you as a mom prays for other moms and ladies in our church. Thank you for giving yourself. So find a spot on the altar anywhere you can. If you can't kneel, you're welcome to just stand alongside. Gentlemen, are we proud of our ladies? Of godly women? I'm so grateful. I am so grateful, and so we honor you today, and that's what this is about. And so, Janine, if you would uh, lead us in prayer. Lord, I ask that you bless these women. Pour out your Holy Spirit on them. Help them feel right now how madly in love with them you are and how you delight in them. Draw them into a deeper relationship with you. Reveal yourself more and more. Move in and out of these women and bind up any wounds. Remove any shame or unforgiveness. Fill up all of their empty spaces with you. If there are broken relationships, we ask that you comfort them and bring reconciliation. If there is any sickness, I ask that you heal it now in Jesus' name. I thank thank you that you always stand in the gap in our pain, our loss, and our unfulfilled dreams. For those that this is a hard day, I ask a special comfort in your strong presence in their lives. I pray for the young women among us. I pray that they know that they are the apple of your eye. I pray for their future husbands that they also know you and that they see how Jesus honored women and look for that in a husband. May they have godly role models around them to help guide them in putting you first. For the moms among us, I pray you give us godly wisdom in raising our children. Help us to forgive ourselves for when we have fallen short in motherhood. Fill our cups to overflowing as we pour out ourselves for our family. We thank the moms for the lives that they have given Help us to rely on you for strength when we have nothing left. Help us to lay down our lives for you. Please work powerfully through us, Lord. 
If there are any among us that have not come to know you, I ask that you draw them to you right now. Deepen our faith. Help us to encounter you in this moment. Thank you for being such a faithful God. You are so amazing. I thank and praise you for these women. In Jesus' name, amen. We honor you, we're proud of you, and we, we want to say Happy Mother's Day. But we want to also do that, there's a few little ones that are coming up right now, so if you just stay put for just a second, they want to give you uh, a flower and a chocolate before you head to your seat. So come on up, little guys. And to show our appreciation for the women of the church, Women's Ministries has made a donation to a mom in need through Loving. Sarah, a single mom of five kids, ages seven, six, five, two, and four months, will receive this gift. A few things about her. She does housekeeping to earn money so that she can take her kids with her. She repairs her own vehicle, and she's very independent. And I know that the gift will be helpful to her. Bless you as you go today. As soon as you have your chocolate and your flour, you are dismissed to head back to your Thank you guys for giving yourself. You all get a chocolate? Mother's Day. Thank you. Got it? <laughs> Happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day. Got one? Good job, kids. Good job. Well, let's pray, and we will dismiss our service. Lord, we just thank you so much for our ladies. I, I pray that you would just pour yourself into their lives and that their husbands would give them the day off and lots of nice things. Lord, we just thank you so much for uh, being here today and meeting with us. And Lord, we just thank you for the privilege of knowing you and following you. And so, Lord, we commit to you. We trust you. We want to follow you every day. Lord, we love you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for coming to church today. God bless you. Have a wonderful week. We'll see you next week. You are dismissed. Yes. Oh, I'll get her a chocolate.